Welcome to another episode of the Coinbound Podcast. My name is Ty Daniel Smith. With me is TJ and Kylie. And today we are discussing the factors that determine influencer pricing. Um, so Coinbound is a influencer marketing agency originally. So that is our, I guess, background and, and expertise. Uh, so TJ, what do you think are the top factors? Why do we always start with me is the first question. But all right, all right, all right. You can no, hold off. No, no, Kylie. Yeah, I was going to say, because I have a lot to say. So let's, maybe all right. we don't want right, to No, no we should start with TJ then, because he can go on for a long time. All right, well, let me, yeah, run all this off real quick. Short answer is. Remember, this podcast is under 10 minutes. Okay, under 10 minutes. There's like a bazillion factors that come into play Good with start. influencer pricing. It can be, in my opinion, just real quick, anything from the demand on their time, like from everybody else, meaning like if they're doing speaking engagements, if they already own another business, if they're, you know, if they have high demands on their time as it is, that, you know, kind of establishes their their perception of the value of their time. Uh, the amount of time it takes them to create the content is a big factor in it. The level of reputation they have. I mean, there's like, there's a lot of different points. How organically it fits within their brand. Like if it's a, if it's a brand that fits within their kind of everything they're talking about already and it, it's a natural fit, that's one thing versus if something that's from left field and they really have to force it in and their audience is going to know it and it's going to stand out and look different. Like they're going to put a higher price on that than something that is something that they wanted to talk about or a product that they wanted to use anyway. So I think, I mean, there's four right there, but, um, and we could go into subtopics of any of those, but I don't know. What do you guys think? I mean, all of that for sure. Yeah, I, I think that's probably my top list as well. So why don't we break it down a little bit, a little bit more? Um, let's talk about the amount of work required to go into that. That's probably the most obvious one. Like a YouTube video is obviously a lot more difficult to or time consuming to produce than a tweet. Well, I mean, that's the magic word you said is time. Like, yeah, that's what it comes down to is how long like production level quality and time does it take? Do they have to research your project? Do they have to shoot the video? Do they have to edit the video? To shoot a 10 minute YouTube video is a lot more time, like you said, than just to write off a one tweet like, hey, I just yeah. heard about this thing. Sounds interesting. Check it out. And I actually think this is one of the reasons why there's sort of a a, a very uncorrelated, a very small correlation between the size of a person and their pricing. Because when you hit a certain size of influence, you've sort of developed a business out of it. And you've sort of built a workflow that that means you can produce a lot of content quickly and easily. So there's less labor that goes into it, in a sense. Mm -hmm. um, for someone that's smaller, they're basically just kind of working through it as it comes up. So they are going to charge you based on the time, which isn't really the correct way to price anything because a business that's hiring an influencer doesn't care about the time they're putting in. They care about the value that they're getting. Right. Or how many people see it. That's another point you made is like the distribution of it, the level of following, the level of attention that person has also well, is a big factor in the level of quality following. Exactly. Or, yeah. or engagement is the magic word mm -hmm. we use all the time where people that are the amount you can really see the results of somebody that can drive an audience's attention. So beyond just engaging on your tweet, but actually clicking on the link or if it's a YouTube video that you're describing the project actually clicking through the description and seeing like, oh, we're going to go get more information about this project. The, the creators that can really drive an audience and move the needle in that regard are the ones that generally, you know, that, that drives their pricing up. Um, as well as just how useful it is to the client after the fact. So if it's somebody who is a name and has a reputation in the industry already, 
and a client can then take that video or that endorsement or recommendation and use that in their booth at a trade show, use it on their website, use it in their own social media, and just kind of repurpose that content in other ways. It gives more value to the content because you're kind of an industry leader, a thought leader. Again, the higher, the more uses you have for the content, the, the more you can charge for it. Yeah, that's, that's definitely true. Um, in terms of how organically it integrates, it's definitely a big one. And that's the reason why, I mean, we try to do everything as simply as possible. So when we first onboard a, a, an influencer, we try to get, you know, their pricing and everything like that. And probably the most common and also most frustrating answer that we get is it depends. Sure. Because it's very difficult for us to, to build a, a campaign around. But honestly, it, it does depend and it depends for a good reason, because to promote something that's sort of unestablished is a little bit more of a, a shot at the influencer's reputation than something like like a eToro, like a, a big exchange that everyone knows is reputable. It almost bolsters the reputation of the influencer to be working with a brand like that. Or even just the ease of integration within your brand. So like say somebody, depending on the type of content you create, say you're a miner, right? And you're everything you talk about is mining products, GPUs, builds, hardware. And then somebody comes along and they want you to talk about trading. You're like, well, I'm not a trader. I'm not going to talk about you know like these things. Like I'm going to put a higher price on that than if you are, you know, wanting to sell and send me led lights for my rig and you're going to send them to me for free and you want me to talk about it and tweet it like i'm more willing to do that because yeah. i think because it's gonna again it integrates organically within the ecosystem that i already try to the brand i'm already trying to build more or less yeah so most savvy marketers do everything on you know from from an influencer standpoint on a, a cpm basis or a cpc basis but Influencers aren't necessarily savvy marketers. They don't realize what the brand is looking for sometimes. So they don't price anything like that. Yeah, I would say, yeah, a lot of times the people that are creating the content, they spend a lot of their time trying to figure out what engages the audience versus what the advertiser is looking for. So like you said, they're not thinking in a CP, CPM, CPC type basis. They're just thinking like, what does my audience want to see and how can I make that? Um, so yeah, that's where I think where we can come in a lot of times is helping people take a long form piece of content that they did a really good job in creating engaging content with the audience, but it's still only one piece. So you're only going to generate so many impressions off of it and then clipping it into 10 different pieces that then both the creator and the advertiser get the value out of all of that exposure and, you know, taking the same amount of work, time, effort, energy, research, input but generating a lot more exposure and a lot more uh, brand awareness for the advertiser kind of helps both parties, which is a lot of what we do. And I think a lot of influencers base their pricing off their own personal emotions for their own content. You know, yeah, everybody yeah. thinks their content's worth maybe a little bit more than it is, or, you know, whatever the case is, like there is certainly an emotional attachment to what you're putting out there, especially well, it's when it's worth you. too. If you're getting a thousand dollars per tweet, you will see yourself as better and bigger than someone who's getting a hundred dollars per tweet. Yeah. And, and just, and if you ever, if you, we had this conversation before, if, if a person once got this pricing that very quickly becomes their standard pricing. Right. And that isn't necessarily true because every customer is getting a different level of value out of that influencer. Yeah. It's uh ego is the magic. Word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ego has a big factor in influencer pricing and the, their, their, their perception of, 
their own worth. Like, cause like you said, like you're, you're essentially asking somebody to put a value on their opinion, you know, yeah. and that's really hard to ask somebody to do because that can change at any point. And, you know, like you said, what somebody, like once somebody pays you a certain number, you have a feeling like this is what it's worth. Yeah. So anytime I do that, I'm discounting myself. So it's well, influencers are people. So like, obviously they look at themselves as people, but businesses that are hiring influencers aren't necessarily looking at them like people. They're looking at them as a cha another a advertising channel. Source. Yeah. They're looking at the numbers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They don't, there's no emotion in it at all. Which yeah. is why that was a, such a good point of what you said. Emotion does play a huge part. And even market sentiment. We feel that all the time. Like yeah. when the market's dry, people are willing to do things for cheaper than when money is flying I mean, all over we, the place. We see all the pricing. We So we speak to influencers every day, every week, depending on who it is. Pricing changes every week. And it's, it's <laughs> because of the market. It's how yeah. much money is being spent in, in late 2017. You could be a pretty no-name influencer and get it over a thousand dollars for a tweet. Now people that were once getting a huge amount of money are 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 not. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, and it's because the marketers, like you said, are looking at engagement. They're looking yeah. at hard numbers, and it's and it's supply and demand. It's just the market. Absolutely. Anything when the supply is good, you know, or the demand is high, then people can raise their prices. But uh, right now, uh, it seems like everybody's kind of it's the calm before the storm. I really feel like. Con the best content creators are really starting to hone in and create really good content right now. And a lot of the advertisers I feel like are saving up budget and are planning for the next six months. Yeah. And they kind of, I, I feel like a lot of people see what's coming in the next six or eight months. I mean, we, we hear it all the time. Yeah, they're building. Yeah. I want to, I want to run an influencer campaign, but I'm kind of waiting for the market. Right. Yeah. So like every week I, I hear that. Right. And so mm -hmm. I, we really feel like it's going to be, you know, rat, like a, like a, a switch yeah. as soon as the market takes off, all these people that have kind of have this budget sitting in the wings, waiting for that kind of market sentiment to pick back up, the hype to yeah. pick back up, all those marketers, that money's going to start flowing, content's going to start flowing. And yeah, it'll be interesting to see where we're at summer 2020. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I'm not someone who is constantly checking the price of Bitcoin and the markets, but I always know the price, at least of how it relates to how right. it's been. Because Somehow we never check, but we always know. Yeah. As, as soon as I wake up, I know I how the really market's doing. I really never check, and yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah, it's a difference between... So what's the, what's the price right now? It's, uh, what's it? It's Somebody, Tuesday night, right? Yeah. On... Or is it 8200? 8, 8, I, I was going to say, yeah. Okay, well, so what's it? It's Tuesday, what, October 2nd? Today's October 8th. October 8th. So I'm a, I'm a, I'm a week off. So it's October 8th. So what's your... What's your and it's what? 8 or 9 o'clock? Nine o'clock. Uh, yeah. All right. So, and I'm gonna guess eighty-two thirty-five. Eighty-two thirty-six. <laughs> oh, come on, <laughs> cheaters! I, I don't. You said eighty-two. I don't even care. I don't even look at the number. I just I know the number of emails that I wake up to, and yeah. that is a, a very a good, closely. That's correlated. a good market indicator. That's a it fun is. way to do yeah. it. It is. I wanna I wanna start plotting it out, and, and that'll be an indication. We should start running going. our emails against uh, Google Analytics trends, or like for yeah. like Bitcoin. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, all right, guys. So thanks for tuning in. We are now on Slack, too. So if you have any uh, marketing or crypto marketing questions for us, join us on Slack at coinbound.io slash join Slack. Uh, we will be there answering any questions you have. Um, and please be sure to rate, review and recommend if you found this podcast valuable. At yeah. All. And like it and share it and follow us everywhere else. Tweet at us. Yeah. Yep. I was going to say something else and it was good. and I forgot what it was. Doesn't matter. Next Thanks, time. guys. I'll get you next time.